Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to yet another revelation with your girl. Another revelation. <laughs> Welcome back to Real Life Revelation Podcast with your girl, Lakeisha Douglas, with and by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. I know it has been a while since you guys have been have seen my face here on YouTube. Um, if you are new, welcome. If you are um, someone who have subscribed and have just been waiting, like, okay, um, like, where is the videos? What are you doing? Where's the Bible study time? Because you need it. Um, mercy for real. We just thank God for mercy. We thank God for his patience, his love, and his kindness towards us. And um, honestly, it's not always loving kindness. I mean, it's always love, but it's not always kindness because God, he understands that his will has to go forth. His word can never return to him void. So even in us being rebellious or talking ourselves out of something that God has already ordained us for, he, you know what I'm saying, he he puts the pressure on us. And the pressure is never to, to, to really harm us, but to let us know, like, there is something in you, just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. There is something in you that has to come out. So I just thank God. I thank God for... um Yes, being patient with me, being um showing tough love and just just showing me mercy. So even before we go in, I wanna pray as pray us in. Ah, uh, God, you're so good. Ah, uh, your love is so amazing. Even now, even now, even now in the name of Jesus, yes, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that in every season and every situation that we find ourselves in, that we're outside of your will, Father God. You seamlessly put us back on track, oh God, by your mercies and by your grace. And, and it's truly by the blood of Jesus that has redeemed us from the hands of thy enemies, oh God. So, Father God, I just say thank you. Father God, I ask, oh God, that you move, you speak, Father God, in the way that you want to speak, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, we, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here in the name of Jesus, for you are the voice that hovers over the water. You are the one who makes sure that the word goes out and does not return to our Father void, that goes out in full and completes its duty here on earth. We thank you. We cannot do anything without you, for you are the great gift sent from our Father father the same one that had led jesus to the cross to fulfilling his purpose on this earth through it all you stood by him and we trust and believe that you will stand by us <laughs> just as that video said look at her look at him you say yeah that is mine you say yes he is mine yes she is mine and you will stand beside us your word, oh God, says disregard shame, oh God, for the joy that awaits. So, Father God, we just thank you. Thank you, Father God. I pray in the name of Jesus, oh Lord, that more of you and less of me. I plead the blood of Jesus over this, uh, this episode in the name of Jesus. And, Father God, we welcome you. Father God, we release anything that will, will cause you not to speak in the way that you want to speak, Father God. May you enlarge our capacity to receive such a word that you have for us today. May this word not only be something that sounds good, but Father God, may it take us into action, oh Father God, in the name of Jesus, to move forth, oh God, in your will, oh God, in the name of Jesus, have your way, in Jesus' name. 
welcome 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 i'm so excited i'm so excited um i'm so excited because let me just give y'all a disclaimer um we we know people we talk about um disobedience people talk about why it is not good one the bible says to be to be rebellious is really to be working in witchcraft right and but we don't we don't really hear people going too much in depth or those who have experienced or been rebellious against the will of God or being disobedient to the will of God to actually come out and speak on the things that they encountered in that disobedient moment, in that rebellious moment. Um, but I just want to give you guys a quick testimony. When you know, before I even give you guys, when you know that God has called you to do something great, when you know that God has placed something mighty inside of you, he doesn't care what it was just like, uh, who's it? Joseph or Joshua who, who saw the Lord walking upon, he saw an angel of the Lord coming upon him. He said, Lord, are you for me? Or are you against me? He said, neither. He had to make sure that his word came forth. So it was either you with me or you're not. But the thing that I have called upon this earth has to come forth and return to me in, in, in wholeness and be complete. Right. And so, um, yeah, being in moving in disobedience and, and it's not I mean no way I can put it to really make it sound like not disobedient or not rebellious because when God tells you to do something and you don't do it it's simply disobedience it's simply simply being rebellious right but in a way that the enemy want to dress it up as you don't have it all together or you, you don't have what it takes or look at you this and that and points out every reason why you shouldn't go for it. That's when you know that you should go forth in that thing that God has called you to go forth in. Right. And it caused you to start running away um, from the will of God over your life, from the purpose that God has ordained you for on this earth. Right. And so. In my moments of disobedience, God has shown his great mercy, which I'm so grateful for. Thank you, Lord. In those moments, um, I experienced the end of it. You know, the door where the enemy tried to to, to, to walk in boldly, speaking, telling me to, you know, do this against my life and take, take my life or do just do stupid things, which is a lie. And so... What I what I do think and what I do believe that with God's mercy He shows us, um, He shows us mercy one because that's just how good He is, right? And He said that we when we cry out to Him and we ask for mercy, He will hear us. But in those moments of disobedience, I never knew it would feel that bad where the enemy is just speaking stupid things, right? And, in you know, coming out, this month is still the month of June and it's towards the end. But knowing that this month was the month of mental health and understanding that, you know, even me speaking on my last episode, if you guys are catching this on YouTube, go check me out on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify Music. I mean, Spotify podcast and also Google podcast, the real life revelation podcast, real life revelation podcast. It is important for us to, to move in the will of God, because if not in, in, in disobedience is a door for the enemy to walk in and try to claim territory. Oh, you're not doing what God said. Oh, bet that's mine. Yeah, let me have that peace of mind. Let me let me have that. Let me have your whole life. Matter of fact, let me just let me just run up a check really quick with your whole life since you want to disobey the one who actually keeps you and preserves your mind and preserve you in peace. Let me get all of that since you're running away from the purpose. Since you out here like Jonah, let me have fun with you, right? And so, as you can tell, the title of this episode is called "Stop Running." 
Like, stop it. Stop running because in your running, all you're going to do is you're running in circles. Not only are you running in circles, you're running into traps. You're running into to, to things you have no business running into, right? And so even speaking of Jonah, he was running. He ran into a whole storm. He ran into a whole whale, got swallowed up for three days. Um, Elijah, he ran away, ended up in a, a, a cave. God had, God, what are you doing here? He asked Elijah, it was in, I think it was in Second Kings, what are you doing here? Even with Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Gideon was like, who, who, who are you talking to? You're not talking to me? I'm the least of my family. And in that, hush, yes, Lord, Holy Ghost, you are welcome here. In this, it caused these mighty men, Elijah, a prophet, the one who had just finished, come on, who had, who had just finished telling these people to stop doing the wicked that they were doing, to stop worshiping these idols. He's in a whole, you just, you just pray rain to come down, yet you're hiding in a cave. But it was the point that he was moving. He ran away because he was moving in fear. And so before I even get ahead of myself, as I, to, even today, as in my daily life, right? In my day-to-day life for the past two weeks, I have realized that in the book of Acts, I read it a while ago. I'm going to read it to you guys now. But in the book of Acts, as I was reading, um, maybe like right before Pentecost weekend or even leading up to that time, I was reading and I remember reading it to where it said, wait in Jerusalem. The, the word literally said, do not leave Jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he promised before I even get there. I'm going to start at Acts Acts chapter 1, verse um, 1 to 3. Well, actually, I'm going to read, yeah, verse 1 to 3. And this is the NIV version. It says, in my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. And this is Paul speaking to the church, the people of the, 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 Theophilus, Theophilus, <laughs> so the people of Theophilus. He said, I wrote all about that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After this, this is the scripture. I mean, this is the verse that I want us to pay attention to. This is verse three. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So as I was studying this, let me let me get this. As I was studying this, Paul, we hear Paul recapping on what he had spoke to the people of Theophilus about Jesus, telling them about the things that Jesus did. He was moving in action. He taught until the day he went to heaven. But what, what I said, I mean, what really got my attention, like I said in verse three, it said, after his suffering, what does suffering mean? I literally had to look it up. It literally, when I read it, it was like, 
that were suffering. I just I just had to pause there. It means his passion and affection. The way he showed he loved God. It was his enduring, his ability to undergo or go through the path set before him to fulfill the will of God. What the world saw as him suffering was actually the passion to do the will of God. It was through manifesting through him. It was literally the Holy Spirit being in control to where the suffering was, just as the KJV version said, his passion, the way he showed he loved God. Because in the NIV, it said his suffering, but in KJV, it said his passion. So, so what the people, the, the people in the world saw as a suffering, God, Jesus saw it as a passion. It was his passion to do the will of God. It was his passion to undergo so much of pressure to fulfill the will of God. So after choosing the will of God, which was, you know, as we saw his suffering, he presented himself. He gave assurance to those who followed him. The word said, um, it kept reading, he said, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. That was the ending version of verse 3. It says he he that he was alive. He, he gave assurance that God pretty much fulfilled his word. God's word did not go return to him void. He And when he came to visit them, this was now through the Holy Ghost. Because now his physical, you know, now he have given given up his uh, spirit, his ghost, you know, at the cross. Now he has returned to them within the dirt, those forty days, which was called the Pentecost, right, right before the Pentecost. Um, in this moment, he 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 was showing them that he is alive, that he he is not dead. Ha, yes, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. In this time, he was speaking to them, teaching them. And I even had to look up the word. What does speak mean? To exhort. This means he strongly encouraged. Or urge urge them to 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 do something, pretty much to to really go out and, and increase the kingdom of heaven, and this really took me back to understanding or really thinking about Elijah. You know, um, as I was saying, suffering. You know, because when God puts something on you, going back to what I said starting this episode, um, when God puts something big and great inside of you. It begins to feel like a burden if your eyes are not fixed on him. It begins to feel like something that is unbearable for you to, to, to really manifest here on earth, right? And so that's where that's where I found myself. Like literally, like Lord, who am I? Like, excuse me, do you know I was just this girl over here at the club as a bottle girl? Do you, excuse me, do you know I had a kid out of, excuse me, do you know I'm still dealing, excuse me, do you know I'm still sitting, literally sitting in a situation where I'm still waiting on you? And he's like, yes, wait. And so um, I found myself hiding and running, Elijah. Because I was, you know, as you guys seen, I have a video up, you know, and, and I know that God, his intentions, his his will was for not to just, and this is something else that goes into disobedience. When you are being a disobedient, especially when you know that God has placed something in you, um, really, I mean, all of us have something. If you're listening to this, God has placed something in you. But when you start to, to like ignore that and doing your own thing, but thinking that you can still have a relationship with God, but not do his will, it can't work like that. 
No, you have your relationship with God is to build to to continue to 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 desire and to manifest his will here on earth. And I'm saying this to get to the point where if you don't do the will of God, you're now not only are those connected to your life, not only those connected to the word that God has put in your mouth um, are not being fed. I read a I read a scripture and I think it was in. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I found it. 28.3. It's Proverbs 28.3. And it reads, A poor person who oppresses the poor is like a pounding rain that destroys the crops. A poor person who oppresses the poor is like a pounding rain, something that comes down hard, that destroys the crops. I'm still myself getting revelation from that, but when I read that for the first time, I understood I could be physically looking with my eyes. The things that I see with my eyes may make me feel that I'm poor, right? And so in that in that understanding, me being poor, and then who oppresses the poor? Because you would never think that they're a, a poor person can oppress the poor. Like, we have something in common. But when God has placed something in you while you see yourself in this poor, poor situation, you're not poor, but you're in this poor situation that causes you to ignore the will of God over your life because you feel that you don't have all that you need to go forth and help those that are in the same situation. But God has given you the ability to overcome certain situations. Now you're like a pounding rain destroying the crops. Things that can flourish if you was to pour it out the way that God wanted you to pour it out rather than holding it. Now... You're being bitter and hard because you are not doing the will of God. And that's where I found myself. Like, who am I to tell God that I can't move until he moved for me? Like, who are we? And so I thought that was so good. I thought that was so good. And so as I continue to study the book of Acts and where, you know, it goes down to say, and do not leave. And this is a verse, verse this is in verse four on on one occasion while he was eating with them. This is speaking of Jesus. Paul was speaking of Jesus. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. My father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Now, before I even get into that scripture, as I was mentioning with Elijah and then Gideon, I had to understand like one, I was I just thought about these men and like Holy Spirit placed these men in my, 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 my mind because it's like Elijah and Gideon had two things. They had a few things in common. They were one fearful. Elijah done seen all the prophets. He said like, Lord, all of the prophets have been killed. Like they killed all the prophets and literally he was the only one left during that time. And in Gideon, he was literally underneath the threshing floor, threshing wheat. Here's Elijah. He said, like, they killed all the men. First of all, that means they did away with him. They rejected him. They, they, anything that they said, they shut it down. They killed it. Right. And then, and then Gideon said, who am I? I'm the least of my family. So that even lets you know the way that he's speaking, that he himself had dealt with rejection among, amongst those that God had placed him amongst. Right. And then three, imposter syndrome, meaning Elijah knew who he was. He had just did, he by the grace of God and through, not by power, not by might, but by the leading of the Holy Spirit, he had allowed the rain to come down. And even before then, God had used him, right? God had used him to come against demonic um, idols and to tear down different, I mean, different um, altars. And the same with Gideon, God had called him to go forth and, and take down the idols in his family, his father's background. 
you know, and, and he had, he did that eventually, but these, these men dealt with these things because one, no, I, I guess no one in that time, they felt that they themselves, and, and I can be, I can be someone that would tell you this. I have sat on the gift of God over my life because I felt like, who am I? Someone should ordain me. Like I cannot, I felt that I could not go forth unless God sent one, someone to me and said, you are prophet or you are an evangelist or you are a teacher and you are this and that. And so in the meantime, Lord, let me get, let me get myself together. Let me get my life together. Let me get my child. He said, no, just as I did this for, um, who was it? Simon out in the water, Peter Simon with the fish and, 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 and Martha, um, and Martha, when she was healed from all of those demons, no, these people saw what I did and they followed me. And what he is saying is like, no, like, uh-uh. I'm not going to wait till you have your whole life together to what? To save the people that Moses. He said, Lord, I have this speaking problem. If Moses won, it was no if because God's will had to get done regardless. His word cannot return to him void. But it was over 60,000 something children of Israel or the Israelites that were that were freed because of the word that was over his life. And so I'm coming to understand. I pray that this is blessing you. I'm coming to understand. And I understand it. It's just knowing that when you have such a call, and I even heard tonight on um on one of the lives that I was watching, when you know you are called and when you we Elijah, there was a target on his back. They were out to kill anybody that was that was encouraging the people that were bringing the people out of the law, which was really something that governed, that was governed like that, that governed them of, of things before the knowledge of Christ. And so anything that's outside of knowledge of Christ is, is of Satan and, and something to limit the will of God, right. And limit the understanding of who Christ is and why he came. And even before he came of who God is and what he was doing, right. And how he could redeem us. And so, yeah, that was so amazing to me. And so, as I was reading, it said, do not leave Jerusalem. So, I remember reading this a few weeks ago, but I understood it in my mind. I'm like, okay, let me stay in this physical place and not move. But tonight, by the grace of God and by the just the welcoming of the Holy Spirit. No, what he was saying is, and what he is still saying is, and as I was studying, Jerusalem the new Jerusalem. Okay, so we see Jerusalem here in the Word of God as a place. You know, they they, they tarried and waited for it, um, and eventually the Holy Spirit was poured out amongst all of those that were in the um in the upper room. Out of all of the people, there was only a hundred and something that made it, or that that actually came and and tarried and waited for waited for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon them to receive the power of God, and so. I, I'm getting too far ahead of myself. And so even before it said, no, yeah, it said, do not leave Jerusalem. So as I was studying it, Jerusalem is, is a spiritual place. As we, as you search Jerusalem, you can go search Jerusalem now. And Jerusalem is a, it is said as a city of peace, a place of peace. It was known as a city of peace, but what God, well, what, yeah, what God allowed me to understand and Holy Spirit, you know, allowed me to see was that Jerusalem is a spiritual place that we sit in when we wait on God. And what does wait mean? I actually got some um, definitions for you. Wait means to watch with your eyes, to observe, 
to take notice, to stay or rest in expectation. But this is the one that got me to serve. And this comes from Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles 17, 19 to serve. I'm going to read it to you guys. And it read, and I read, <laughs> let me get it. Second Chronicles 17, 19, and I'm going to read in the NLT because, yeah. So it reads, so I read, these waited on the king beside those whom the king put in the fence cities throughout all Judea. These waited on the king. And another version, it says, these served and as he said, these were the troops stationed in Jerusalem to serve the king. And so as I'm looking at the word to wait, to, to do not move, do not leave Jerusalem, but to wait, it says, but the word of God says, but to wait for, but wait for the gift my father had promised. Right. And so as we are waiting, as we are waiting, as we're serving in the spiritual place of peace, but also physically as we are not moving and uprooting and as we are not running away from our calling, as we are waiting for God to, to release the power of the, his power upon us. You know, it said that even in the next version, it said that John baptized with water, but you will receive, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And what God allowed me to um, understand is when John baptized physically, baptized with water it gave you more understanding of what you're doing physically is allowing yourself to be set apart from those who are watching and also what God allowed me to understand is when you're putting your emerging yourself on water you're emerging yourself in the wisdom of God you're emerging yourself in the ways of God in the understanding of God you're emerging yourself um and just and just and just the ways of God and that's what I had understood, wisdom, knowledge. But then when you're being baptized with, I mean, then when you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive power. So when John baptized Jesus with water, he also, because John saw that the, uh, the, the dove descended upon Jesus, he then also received the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, but see, we had to wait until Jesus fulfilled his purpose for, so that we could receive that gift, which was the Holy Ghost, which was the power of God. And so more of the story is what I'm saying and Holy Spirit helped me is that what God is, what God wants us to understand is that we must stop running. No, going back to Acts 1 verse 3, Jesus suffered and KJV this was his passion to do the will of God, to, to love God in such a way that caused his body, his physical body pain, to cause our understanding pain because he said, lean not on your understanding. And for you to run out of the will of God lets you know, one, this is very uncomfortable. Okay, Elijah, this is very uncomfortable. Gideon, um, I'm just going to stay out of the scene. I'm going to hide and, and work. And sometimes even me, we find ourselves in a place where just it's just more comfortable to rely on the, the things of the world. Mercy for real. Money. Friendship. Whatever it may be. Family. Um, career. Education. Where these things now act as an idol high. Mm. 
in the name of Jesus. These things act as an idol. But you know what I understood? Even in the waiting. Ha. It says to watch. As I gave you the definition, it says to watch. So even in this waiting, you're able to see the things that are deep down inside of you. That is not the will of God. He said to watch. For the another version of the, I mean, another part of the Bible said that um, to to watch and to stay on guard for the devil, for he 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 prowls back and forth, he he roams back and forth, looking for whom he can devour. So when he said to wait here and to watch, to to wait meaning to watch, to one see the things that are deep inside of you that one cannot go with you, because um another another scripture in the word says those who are not those who pick up the plow and then look back are not fit. For that the for for pretty much this work that is has been set out for us and and I found myself more like Elijah and 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 Gideon and 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 jo, um, Jonah where you know what I'm not throwing away God I'm throwing away the fact that I don't feel that I can do this the way that He wants me to I don't think I can do this the way that God see and then that's when I get I get in and I get in God's way. He's like, didn't I tell you to not lean on your own understanding? Didn't I tell you this? Elijah, aren't you alive? Wow. And this even goes back to the fact, I think even him, he ended up under, a, um, this is not even the second time that he hid. He was actually, I think it was Jezebel that wanted to kill him and he ended up under the tree. She said that she was going to die yesterday, but yet here you are under the tree. And I think and even my, and even the meaning of me, I mean, the purpose of me bringing that up is really just to say that the things that the enemy is telling you is too hard. You're not the one. No one's going to listen. You're not there yet. Look at your life. Who, Like, who are you going to help when you yourself is going? Like, that's the will of God. I mean, that's the, that's the will of the enemy that he wants us to believe this. But the will of God says, lean not on your own understanding. For I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and the sound mind. So, as I'm understanding, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. And in, in um, the NLT version, it said that they kept asking. So, and, and in, in, in my mentioning of, you know, to stop running and to really just wait and be patient, in, the, in their waiting, you understand that, they, they, the, the apostles themselves had to practice patience. Um, the apostles themselves had to, to really fix their eyes on the one that they had built a relationship with. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because as I said, uh, wait means to observe, to take notice, to stay or rest in expectation. He said, wait here in Jerusalem. Remain in expectation that the gift will come upon you. The power of God, I mean, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Serve here and believe. Serve here in your purpose. Whatever God has put on your heart for me is, is here. And, and sometimes I find myself not even being here. And um, yeah, he says, serve here and wait. Tarry, you know, and You'll see it come forth. But even after that, um, I think it's after that um, in verse six, it says, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And in the NLT version, it says they kept asking. 
Lord, are you going to restore and deliver the kingdom of Israel? And what I understood from this was that they were impatient. They showed their, they showed their impatience by asking questions. Not that this is a bad thing, right? That they're 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 willing their desire to know everything shows that they were waiting one in expectation, but two, they they were the words that they kept asking. They they kept asking. I'm gonna read it exactly because I want to make sure you guys are getting what needs to be got. Okay, it's. Says the, the word of God says, Acts 1 verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him. They kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They kept asking him, Lord, we keep asking God, is it our time to be free? Is it our time is set to restore the kingdom of Israel? Is it our time to be restored? I don't know about you. I see a lot of beautiful things going on. You know, there's a lot of evil and demonic things going on. But even in that, I don't worry about it because I understand that that can't, that don't phase me. So now I'm in the kingdom and my eyes are fixed on God. But sometimes the way that we look at things can be coveting things, right? He said, and that too is a sin. You know, Lord, like I see everybody else getting that ring or Lord, I see everybody else getting that job or Lord, I see everybody else boasting in your glory lord i see everybody else doing these things and yet is it my time has a time come for my restoration is the time come for my deliverance for the kingdom of israel to be put back together to be restored to be free free from things free from rebellions is it my time is it my time to be free from the spirit of poverty or perversion of lust or whatever it may be that you're dealing with, is it my time? Sometimes we may ask God, is it like, is it our time yet? We're seeing everyone else get delivered. We're seeing everyone else move forth in the in their and their calling and their purpose, but is it my time? But what we have to go back to, Acts 1, verse 3, it said that Jesus suffered. And after after his suffering, after his suffering. You cannot get anything if you don't go through the process. You cannot. Okay.
you have to go through the process. And that's something else that I had, um, as I was studying the word of God, um, and I had mentioned that as he suffered, he said, after his suffering, suffering meaning to undergo, meaning to go through the path set before him to fulfill the will of God, he had to undergo, he had to endure the pain that he felt to see the manifestation of God. And so in this, I understood that I must stop running. You must stop running from the will of God over your life. Yes, of course, it may. See, even Jesus prayed. He said, Lord, if you can't take this cup away from me, but yet not I, not yet not my will, but thy will be done. He understood that it was one of those things like, Lord, I do not want this. Get this away from me. Get it away from me, but let your will be done and not my will. And I pray even over myself, and including you guys, that not our will, but let his will be done. And I feel that for someone. Not my will, not your will, his will, not the will of the world, but not the passions of the world. It says fix our eyes on the realities of heaven. On, on on the things that are pure and on the things that are just and and even in some and sometimes you know there's seasons where we feel like lord what is going on like are you here are you there but as i was mentioning to you guys i i truly understand now the depths of the whole mental health situation and no not that is not that is not real but i'm understanding when you're disobedient and 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 god i have myself especially knowing that i am called and i am chosen now for those who are outside of christ yet again that 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 has nothing to do with me but when you are in the body of christ and you're you're disobeying it is a door because he said he who was rebellious is like that that who is of which or that is doing witchcraft or is is, is in comparison of in in comparison to witchcraft so it rebellious in itself opens a door for the enemy to to come in and call rights and dibs on things right but in in that knowing who we serve and knowing that God is merciful we have that time one not to continue to do the same thing but to one turn away from that and say lord forgive me father forgive me pray for mercy and ask God to, to, to allow you to walk into that grace and, and to, to, to step into the grace that he had already bestowed upon you.